so so you're not so you're not interested in watching like the latest James Bond? No, I've never watched a James Bond movie. <laughs> Get out! <laughs> What else I tell people and they're like, are you crazy? I don't do Star Trek. No Lord of the Rings? No. Me I heart. just don't fight them entertaining. You came, you came here. Don't. You came here to break my heart specifically. Sometimes I know exactly what you're going to say. Every single month, your bank account is overdrawn. The world is a business. A husband is what's left of a sweetheart after the nerve has been killed. Walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. Obey! You have selfish, ignorant citizens. You're going to get selfish, ignorant leaders. You mean like Democrats? Well, we both agree that must be the reason. Why not let the folks themselves ask for something that they like to hear? We are knee-deep in a pool of stagnation. Oh, no, no, wait a minute, friends. You don't want to hear that, do you? Yeah. yeah. Hi, guys. Welcome to Objectively Incorrect. I'm in studios right now with Gianni Williams. I can't do the thing. Like, if Miguel was here, he probably could have done the honey thing. <laughs> Alright, so cool. So, Jihan has a new book out now. She's now a fully published author from being an amazing, you know, advocate for uh, all kinds of things. That didn't even have nothing to Arts do with and, Arts and intellectual property, which is a job, <laughs> and being a poet. It's just all these, all these things, Jihan has. She's now a published author, GNA Williams. And again, I'm going to put it at the top of the show. You could grab her latest book, which is Lifting the Weight of Miscarriage, Healing Insights on Pregnancy Loss for Sufferers and the People Around Us. Check it out on Amazon, guys. Straight up 100%. Gian, welcome to the show. Thank you. Ooh. Feeling very welcomed. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about the book. We're going to be talking about her experience, what inspired the book. We're going to also be talking about a bunch of other things because it's me and Gian. And if me and Gian meet, we're going to be talking about something to do with relationships. Of always. It's always that. <laughs> always. The thing is, I find you so insightful. I just always pick your brain about a bunch of things. But before we even get into that, we're going to do a small fact or fiction section. And this one is going to be based on books. So, Gianna, you know the... Oh, you know wow. the yeah. So, I'm going to give you five statements. You're going to tell me if you think they're true or if they're false. I did really badly the last time. So, I hopefully, can't I can redeem myself. I can't remember. I, think, I, can't remember. <laughs> I was dreading this part of the show, actually, because oh, I know I did badly. She was trying to <laughs> run away, guys. But we sealed the deal. So, number one. So, it's, it's, I think this is... I don't think it's hard. Then again, you know what? I know all the answers, so I'm not the yeah. one to talk. Yeah, that's privilege. That's that's yeah, privilege. Yeah, that's what privilege looks like. Yeah, that's what privilege is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Number one, one in five adults around the world can't read or write. One in five adults around the world can't read or write. True or false? Can't read or write? Can't read or write in mm. their language or in any language. One in five sounds small, but then in the context of the world... It sounds, hmm. I'd say false. It's true. Really? Yes. One in five adults in the world can't read or write with the highest <laughs> rates in South and West Asia and Sub-Saharan Africa. Hmm. Yeah, that's terrible. Number two, with a staggering 11 million words, 7,312 pages, The Blast Story by Nigel Tom is the longest book the ever. blah story the blah story i've never heard of that the b-l-a-h story wow blah. well that sounds like the page should be it shouldn't have much going on 
Um, I'll say true. I don't know. I've never heard of that. It's false. You see, I'm overthinking <laughs> these things. You do. Stop. <laughs> Just feel it. Feel it See, because I'm like, that. why is the blast story? Why would that be 11 million words? Uh, it's not the longest book. The longest book is actually the... Mir- uh, well, let me not say the. It's actually called Marion Bad My Love by Mac Leach. It has 17.8 million words 10,710 that's just willful pages I think it is like you're just you're just pointing things just so you could get the most words in the world it's just it's ridiculous who who can sit down and read 17 million 17 million 17.8 million words yeah. That is insane. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> reading. That's like your whole life story. Point I think point. I've probably read that in my lifetime. Like. 17.8 million words. My God. No. Oh God. Number three. Pass. Portuguese books bookshop Bertrand Chido is officially the oldest operating bookshop in the world, founded in 1732. Portuguese bookshop Bertrand Chido. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that child. So I'll word. just say true because I don't know. It's true. <laughs> and it was founded in 1732. Because I'm wondering if you like, you're going you're gonna to be slick and tell me like it's 1732 when in reality it's 1723 or something. No, no, like no, that. no, no. That's too close. <laughs> that's too close. That's, that's mean. That's like, I don't know. That's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. That's mean. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. It would got to be something like outrageously off. Mm. Like, ah, this is. This is, this is poppycock. All right, number four. James Patterson, the author of Alex Cross and Women's Murder Club series, was the first ever writer to exceed one million sales in ebooks. James Patterson, the author of Alex Cross and Women's Murder Club series, was the first ever writer to exceed one million sales in ebooks. True or false? I've definitely heard about James Patterson and... Um, the first, the first book series. I haven't heard about the second one. Um, but I'll say true. It's one hundred percent accurate. <laughs> yes, it's true. He was the first, and then mm. after that, I think that I can't remember the other guy, but he then did it on Amazon. All right. So number five. So Gian, this is it. Okay. Once again, we're down to the wild. <laughs> number five. Outsold only. By the Bible and Shakespeare, J.K. Rowling is the best-selling novelist of all time. Outsold. I think that's true. It's false. It's why? How? It's false. Who else else do you hear about? I don't even know if you've ever heard of this person. You've probably heard of their work, but I don't know if you've ever heard of them. With over 4 billion copies sold, Agatha Christie, according to... Oh, my yes, gosh. Is the, the best-selling uh, author of all uh, time. Known for her detective novels, Murder yes, on the Orient Express, yes, the ABC Murders, yes, I've heard about short them. story collections, plays The Mousetrap, which is one of the most popular yeah, stage but she's plays. Been, yeah, but she's been writing for a while, though. She has. So, since the, yeah. Since okay, fear, fear. I think I should ask the question... Um, for you, because I guess for me, like growing up, and, and especially now, I'm very worried, <laughs> like extremely worried about my my offspring. Like, Why? I I don't know if if this is a world I'm prepared to be a parent in. 
You just gonna build some titanium type children. Titanium! <laughs> no, if you could tell me where to find these <laughs> jeans, I'll be very happy. But they're I, in I, you I just... and they're 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 in you and they'll be in their mother. Correct. Okay, let so me write just... let me write that down. Um, okay. You um, just have find to titanium. <laughs> you just have jeans. to find you just have to find somebody who feels as strongly about it and um somebody who sees things the way that 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 you do especially when it comes to child i mean but even for your significant for your significant uh, for your for your partner um again we probably here talk about the book and <laughs> i i i've had the the pleasure of being able to read some of the draft that you sent <laughs> which boy my God. But anyway, I, I, let me ask the question because I don't want to go ahead get ahead of myself. Um, mm-hmm. How far back did you decide, okay, hey, you know, I, I, I want to have, have children? Because, I mean, right now, um, there's a growing, I, I don't want to say bias, but there are a lot of women now who say like, hey, you know, I, I don't want to have kids and it doesn't make me any less of a person mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. And of course, all respect to you, you choose your destiny and you do what you mm-hmm. need to do. But for you, like, when did you know that, hey, look, you know, I want to have, I want to have children when I, at some point? I've always known that I wanted to have children. The question was, when was it okay for me to have children? Um, Mm. I think, well, I came up hearing that you have to go to school, get your degree, um, get a job, get a house. And get married. You could probably switch house and marriage, but you just have that's your that's your that's trajectory. Your, yeah, that's that's your what trajectory. you have to do. Um, so I wanted to make sure that that stuff was handled first. And I think I was thirty one. I'm thirty eight now. Um, Nowhere. You're like you're yeah. thirty three or thirty four. <laughs> no, Maybe twenty nine. Thirty eight. I have my ID. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know who you are. Yeah. Um, yes. I, it was while I was studying, while I was doing my masters, I, I, I literally said, I think from this day forward, if I get pregnant, I'll be fine. Mm. No matter who it was, or circumstance. circumstances, or anything like that. Said, I'm, I'm cool with it from this point on because at that point I was about to graduate, so I would have been a lawyer and mm-hmm. had my master's degree and stuff like that so I was like okay I can move on to the next phase but it does that sound so much like I have the golden tips <laughs> no it's like alright well we're good now uh-huh. we're good now we're solid um, emotionally financially so yeah no, no no I could do it no you could do it yeah. so so I mean between then, I mean, and we get into the events of the book a bit, in a bit. We're not going to say everything because you have to buy it, <laughs> right? And, and I'll plug it now, you know, lifting the weight of miscarriage. There's, a, yes. there's, there's more to it. But still, go Amazon, find it. But anyway, let's move on. So going into, because you said you've, you've already had the education. You have the education. Now you're going into the world. You're a lawyer now. And when did you say, okay, this is the time I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try um, I th- it came when I entered my current relationship. Mm. Um, I felt like it was the titanium type. Titanium! <laughs> Again, I have See? to write down fine titanium. No, it's just somebody, somebody who, who saw things the way that you see things mm. and um, 
yeah, you recognize you could go down this road together and we're not going to have conflict on certain things, mm. well, certain big things. So, yeah, let's do this. Let's make it happen yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's so do this. So this tonight is special. <laughs> you know? I mean, but is it like that? Is it that? Is it that like when the mind was made up, it's like, okay, so now we're going to try? Or is it more like, well, you know, if it happens, it's fine. This is me being very intentional. I had a conversation. This is what I want. Where are you on this? How, wow. how are we? Is this something that can happen? No. How is this going to impact the relationship with your, your, your other child? Mm-hmm. How is this going to impact you financially? How is it going to impact you emotionally? Like, I had that. We had that conversation. So, after we had that conversation and said, okay, we're on the same page. So, just try. Just, ju- just try a couple <laughs> times. Let's make just this try. work. Over the next two weeks, it's ground zero, bro. Not really. Not really. Not, not I, like, you know, not I feel like, like that's how I'm going to be. No. I'm going to be like, babe, I mean, listen, <laughs> for the next three nights, it's all you, <laughs> all the time. Let's make this. You know what? For the next three weeks, it's going to be all you, all the time. Let's do it. Let's no, have some it didn't, fun. It didn't. Play some, some, well, some it didn't start like that. It didn't start like that. There was a point where, where it got to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't start like that at all. It's just saying that I'm open if it happens. Mm-hmm. But but then after a while, you've realized, okay, you're getting older. Uh, we got to start tracking Actively. this thing. <laughs> and we have to recognize, you know, what's happening. We have to make sure we're both fine, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of, you know, reproductive health and all these different things. So, and a lot of times men don't think they're ever the problem. So, um, we tend to just look at women and say, oh, we, we not Which, getting pregnant. Yeah. So it's That's maybe sad. something with you. Um, uh, but yeah, we were open, just did all the checks and everything. And, but there are checks, there are checks that men, that men could do in that regard. Like, yeah, you could just get sperm count. Yeah, your sperm health. Per, sperm health. Sorry, I you, just you could get the count. You could see the count. Mm-hmm. You could see the health to make sure they're shaped properly. True. To make sure they're defined, moving. Yeah. Like swimming. You know, at, yeah, they're actually make swimming sure they're and swimming. Gear. You know, in a in a straight path and not what? like all over the place. So wait, so this is something <laughs> that could actually be done. Yeah. Like a doctor could just a like sperm health. Yeah. Check. Yeah. What? Yeah. You Man, just. <laughs> Not right now. No, if it's they're just, unhealthy, it's that's good fine. To know. That could be unhealthy. It's just good to know. It's good to know. You just go to your doctor and tell them you want um, a sperm test, and you'll get back your chat, and you can see how many millions you have. In, what? If they're swimming okay, if their heads are properly formed, and all of that stuff, you could see that. <laughs> this is information, guys, for all of you all there listening. We need to be serious about this thing if yeah. we're making, if we're going to make babies. Even if we're not making babies, I think it's good to know this yeah, information. Yeah, it's good to know because if then there's a problem when you're ready, mm-hmm. you know, you might, it's something that might could, you know, it could fix early on. Correct. If, but if you just ignore it. It might, it might be a problem. When you're ready for it. it you're it not going to be ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. You're going to be caught um, with your pants down. <laughs> And yeah. and and you 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 um your chance is not up. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. That's pretty that's much. just. So I mean I mean in terms of I don't want to go into too much detail because the the book really does a great job and I'm gonna tell you how I like when I when I was reading the first 
three chapters or so. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ball. Like <laughs> the, the thing is, what 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 I like about it is that you write it. It's it it feels candid because it's not like it's not loaded with any jargon any or anything. It's very no, very like easy to read. It's once you could, I mean, even at ten years old, you probably could read this and and get from it. Um, I don't think you should read it at ten years old, but <laughs> still, um, I like the approachability of it. Um, it's I didn't I knew you were a good poet. I didn't know this was <laughs> your thing. It seems this is gonna be your thing now. Um, G and A Williams published author, but but talking about it, why? I mean, after your experience, why did you choose to write this? Like, why? What inspired you to say, "Hey, look, let me put my my whole my experience into 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 words like this." Well, it was easy for me in the sense that this is how I cope normally. Mm. I go through anything. I tend to write it before I express anything verbally. Wow. Um, and particularly going through the loss of a baby, I was feeling things that I thought that nobody would understand. I was feeling guilty. I was feeling ashamed as well. So it's not like you feel comfortable going to have a conversation with somebody. Um, I was experiencing things that made me fear that I was going crazy. Mm. Um, like I was still hearing babies crying in my head and I was still feeling like the baby was moving inside me. So to say these kind of things to people, you think that they're going to judge you and they're going to call you crazy and you got to go back up the hospital and you want to go back up the hospital because that's where you just come Come from. So you keep these things to yourself. And the book literally started with me one day just taking a piece of paper and writing down everything that I was feeling. Um, ashamed, fear, started with like one word things. Anxious, I'm a failure, something is wrong with my body, why, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me and everybody else has it so easy? Um, you know, just started just purging, purging, purging. And uh, the more I started to write like one word things, then I started writing sentences. And then I was like, okay, let me take this to my laptop mm. since it's becoming a thing. Um, and I, I, I thought maybe I should start like journaling and things like that. But it just honestly just started as me opening a word document, just writing words, writing sentences. And then as time went on and I started having certain experiences, um, like I remember one day I wanted to go to the supermarket and I legit was afraid to go to the supermarket myself because I was afraid of people stopping me and asking me about the situation. So I waited until Miguel got home and asked him to come to the supermarket with me. And I'm walking in the supermarket and I am afraid for this man to leave my side because I was just, I feel like everybody was staring at me. I feel like, you know, I felt like everybody was going, to, was feeling sorry for me. I'm going to ask questions or judging me or something like that. And when I went home, I started writing about just that experience in the supermarket. Um, and it just developed from there, just having different experiences, going to Cindy's mom's funeral and 
coming out of the church and a woman across the street. She's like, Gian, where the baby? Oh, no. I was like, in front of all these people. people boy, <laughs> Why boy, are boy. you doing this? Why are you doing oh, this in front of man. all these people? Um, but, and then having that thought process in my head, like, I wish people would not ask me about the baby in public. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started writing down things that I wish people knew, like things that I could say. Um, I wish people would stop saying, I don't know what to say. Mm. I wish people would not stay away from me because here I am feeling like, boy, Stephen ain't about the baby, you know, Stephen know I was pregnant, Stephen mm-hmm. ain't know what happened. So let me build up the strength to reach out to Stephen, to let him know that I lost the baby. And then Stephen responds, I know. I didn't know. I didn't know. No. I know. I knew. I knew about it, but um, I just didn't know what to say to you. You know, like mm-hmm. that kind of mm-hmm. response I was getting a lot. Like, why do you feel like you have to find some magical combination of words? There's absolutely nothing anybody could say to a woman in that situation that will make her feel better. Mm-hmm. Nothing. True. So you staying away is actually kind of counterproductive because here I was worrying about people in my life finding out or, mm-hmm. or you know, or trying to spare myself the awkwardness of you calling me and asking me how's the, the pregnancy or how's the baby. And you know, and you're sitting back like, come on, yeah. man. This is, this is, that's not helpful. So all these different things I started writing and then as it started to help me. I started thinking about things that I could probably say to other women mm-hmm. and men who've um, and men, experienced thank you. that. There's a whole chapter on the forgotten fathers um, because I realized that that was a big thing in the story as well. Like people were reaching out to Miguel asking him how I was doing. Yeah, and not asking and him not asking him how, how he, he was, was doing. doing. Yeah. Um, but we just kind of think it's just something that the woman alone suffers. But you have men who have wanted children, um, men who are excited to welcome children, were yeah. super excited that this baby was coming. They, they lost a baby too. Correct. So we can't ignore the feelings of men. And I wanted to make sure that I dedicated space in the book specifically for men so that people understand that we have to think about men and for men who've suffered um, this kind of pregnancy loss as well to recognize that they're just as important to the discourse Mm -hmm. and and the topic and they too might need help. Yeah, true. So that's really how everything started. Just me just purging and then I just, as I said, I felt a very strong spiritual urging to to make this public because it's not it wasn't me trust me i am not comfortable being this open i'm not comfortable being so candid about my personal life i think i've mastered the art of sharing a lot without sharing anything anything at all yeah right so Uh you know to to go as far as to here when I started having sex and all these different things like to be this candid is uncomfortable for me but I felt like God told me that I need to do, yeah, this. You need to do it. I need to I need to publicize this 
I just, it, I can't keep it to myself and it will hopefully help other people. It's so, not even a hope. Like, <laughs> and again, the, the level, like, I'm, <laughs> the level of openness, I was like, Gian have to be like Wonder Woman in Canada <laughs> or something. Because again, it's, it's not something that, I mean, our culture is not as open as we would like to feel. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot of taboo things. Like, we don't talk about sex, no problem. But we talk about it. We don't in... talk about our sex no, life. No, 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 no. <laughs> and we talk, even we if we do talk. talk about our sex life and we talk about the nitty gritty of it, we do talk about it in small spaces. We don't want everybody to know about these mm-hmm. sm- these these details and you only tell the good on. stuff too and you only tell the nice thing you know, like, <laughs> yeah, 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 but yeah, you but only said the nice stuff. we only said the nice stuff are we only said the stuff that we're proud about are we think mm-hmm. that people would um look at us are people would 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 be reasonably impressed or for guys it's usually reasonably impressed mm-hmm. it's like yeah don't you yeah. right but we don't talk about stuff that hurts or we don't talk about stuff that we insecure about. We don't mm-hmm. talk about like men. <laughs> I remember one time when I was in, 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 in college, we had orientation and this guy says, he starts his presentation by saying, every man in here wishes he had a bigger penis. Whole world, whole. <laughs> it was all guys and all of us just went, like what the heck? What kind of opening but inside is you're this? Like, it's true, it's true, it's true. It's true. <laughs> it just, if I it's had, true. if I had two more inches, you know, like yeah, it's like two more inches for what? Do you, what do you really need to? Anyway, but but I'm saying like like when I when I read the draft that you sent, first of all, I didn't, I actually didn't know that you were pregnant. Mm-hmm. Didn't like, I don't know how I missed this. I don't know if you published some pictures. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't do anything on social media or anything like I, that. I didn't know. So I didn't, and I didn't know from somebody else telling me anything. So mm-hmm. when you when you released the book, like the first thing I thought when you sent me the um the the the, the, draft. the, the, the draft, like one of the first things I think I was thinking was maybe you were drawing from somebody else's experience because I know Cindy has dealt. Mm-hmm. She's even been on the show to talk about it, which. It's heartbreaking as I, I I don't know. That was one of those shows we had just wanted <laughs> to ball. But um I I thought that maybe you were drawing from her experiences or whatnot. But when I started to read it, I was like, this isn't the this isn't the first person. Mm-hmm. This is say fiction. <laughs> this isn't fiction. This isn't the first person. And then is when I realized, oh you had um, I I probably I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's it's testament to me not really minding much people's business, but Maybe it's also a testament to me not being on the pulse enough. Like, cons- no, I'm not really. I don't think. I, honestly, in this situation, it's not like you missed anything. I think if you are not used to seeing me, you mm. probably wouldn't have noticed. And I'm pretty much home work, As home, home work. work home so work. unless you see me on the way or uh, in the supermarket or something like that, you it's probably not gonna be. Yeah. So. But that was just because, um, and it wasn't really like, you know, you were afraid, you know, some people say, don't tell anybody until you get out of the first trimester and Mm -hmm. these kind of things. But it just, for me, was not wanting to invite too much um, unsolicited advice. And energy. And and energy. And people had, and a big thing that I get uh, was, you know, I was getting was, you know, why you all not married now, so you all supposed to get married now. You know, these kind of... Like, I just didn't really want to deal with that. And 
I'm not really someone who, again, I post a lot of words yes, on social yes. media, mm-hmm. but I, I don't really post a lot of pictures. So it's not like um, every you would have seen anything. And I remember thinking to myself, actually, the day when I went to the hospital, I was supposed to take part in a, um, a panel discussion. And I was thinking to myself, this is how... I'm sure most people are going to find out that I'm actually pregnant. The the, the same day I went to the hospital. So I actually, I remember going to the hospital and messaging them and telling them, I can't, I can't make it. So I think that would have been, it would have been like, where did that come from? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, the whole last year was like last, it's last year. Yeah. So last last year, you know, last year, um, in 2020, it, it wasn't a regular year either. So no. it's not like... Yeah, working from home. Yeah, you're not... on every now and then. And you're not really thing. trying to intermingle uh, any at all, really, if you could help yeah. it. So, it, again, it's just... It's just... It was all... But I'll tell you the honest truth. Um, I don't know how to deal with people when they, they experience this level of trauma. So, like, even reading the chapter in your book when you were discussing it, I was like, okay, okay, cool. I, I dropped the ball a lot of times because... <laughs> I mean, you're not the first person that I, I've known of to have a miscarriage. In fact, I had a, a very close friend who did have one, and she had one right up until until basically term. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's even called a miscarriage when it gets to that point. But she was due for delivery a couple of days before she lost the baby. That, that's, that would be a, a stillbirth. Stillbirth, right? Yeah. And my God, Jan, I, I think I was an awful friend because I, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. I spoke to her in terms of like, you know, I'm here if you need me and, and you know, if you want to talk. But there was a gathering and I didn't go because I was like, I don't know what to say. And I just kind of stayed But you home. said it. You said all that you could say. Correct. Correct. That's but, it. That's it. But the thing is, again, and forgive me, I am, uh, I want not to be ignorant, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the, at the time, I was, I was really ignorant. Like, I, I didn't want to be in a scenario where I wasn't helping. And I think that, I don't know if much, if people, like, normally feel this way, but it's like, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm going to help. So instead of going there and making things worse, uh, or having to put the person through, having to entertain me and find the energy to talk to me, I was like, okay, let me just not go here, which is probably counterproductive. <laughs> yeah, you you can't say there's nothing you could say that will be right. There's a lot you could say that could be wrong. So what you really want to say is, I'm sorry that you're going through this. Mm-hmm. You can, there is there is absolutely nothing else that would help. You try to think about practical ways that you could probably help um, help her if she needs the same thing you said. If you need somebody to talk to, I'm here. And then don't say it if you don't mean it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if she call you 3 o'clock in the morning just and you say, just answer, just, just answer the call. And listen for the next two, three hours. Yeah, and listen if you even if you hear the story six, seven times. Hear, hear just, it again. Just, just listen. Um, because that's what, what, what she needs. Mm-hmm. That's what she wants. But... Um, I think what people are trying to do is make her feel better. Better, correct, yeah. And you, you, you can't. You can't. You can't. Who are you? It's true. To just remove all this I pain. I am the superhero <laughs> of my story. Who are you? Like, you can't, there's nothing you could do. So, 
um, I th- that's I, I I think it's in the book in bold. It is. There's nothing you can say to make it better. Uh, so all you could really do is communicate uh, that you're sorry that she's going through this and stop there. We don't want to hear nothing about God knows best. We don't want to hear everything happens for a reason. We don't want to hear nothing that starts with, well, at least you... Oh, man. No. You know, it's only... no Like, you, you, we have gotten to the point where we say these things so much like a recitation, right? Mm-hmm. That I don't even think we'd think about what we are implying when we say it. Like, just know when you said it within the context, I'm like, oh my God, that is one of... That is awful to what hear. Did, to, to me, the what is key in the moment is acknowledging the loss. Mm-hmm. You want just acknowledge the loss. So if you had to acknowledge the loss, you're saying, I'm sorry that you're hurting. I'm sorry that you lost your baby. Tell me how you feel. Explain to me how you feel. Of course, if she doesn't feel like talking, she doesn't feel like talking. But stay in the moment. Mm-hmm. Don't think about, well, in the future you could try. Uh, um, when you get, come out the hospital, we're going to do this. Stay in that actual moment, day. Yeah, yeah. You have somebody who is in front of you crying. Stay in that actual moment. I am sorry that you're hurting. Comfort them. Just sit down there and stay with them. Um, the, 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 a friend of mine came from Nevis when everything happened and he just sat in the, ho- in the hospital room and the two of us in there bawling. No, there's no need to exchange words, nothing, but you just know that it feels good to have somebody come and, and try to show you support. Mm-hmm. It, it, it did feel good in that moment. But of course me, um, you know, like to be by myself. Um, after a while, you just say, "Okay, thanks for coming." You know, that's the like the, that's the ultimate um, <laughs> get out. Like it, it, yeah, it, it's not. It's not. I don't. I don't want to say it because we always does equate these things to terrible things. But that's the ultimate. Like, hey, you know, thanks so much. I appreciate you coming here. Yeah, but and, and but it's, it's because after a while, you you just some people just need to 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 feel what they're feeling by themselves. By themselves, yeah. Mm-hmm. And also not to have to worry about somebody else as well. Because, mm-hmm. yes, you come to comfort me, but I don't like to see you crying. True, true. Uh, I don't want you to start thinking about something that it might trigger a memory for mm-hmm. you or something like that. And then you just don't want to see the person sad, yeah, right? Yeah, so, And you know, it, you do, it, it, there's a weird thing where you start to feel slightly responsible for them, you know? And yeah, it's it's, it's 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 very interesting. So after a while, it's like okay, thank you. It's becoming exhausting for me to think about, have to think about you. Let me just yeah. kind of be by myself. Let me just be by myself and, and feel what I'm feeling. Did, I mean, when 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 it happened and and so on, did you spend a tremendous amount of time by yourself, or did you find that you were mostly surrounded with 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 other energy or with people or with Miguel or when well. When it immediately happened, you know, my friends came, my mother came, my brother and my aunt. Like I had maximum six people um, come and see me. And then my my boss came and co-workers and stuff. I had people kind of come see me throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in the hospital for, I think, three three more days or two more days. I can't remember. But then when I went home... I think the people around me know me well enough to know, leave me alone. Um, so, 
of course, it's just me and Miguel, but then he went back to work, so I was alone most, most times the during the day. Um, and I, 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 I mean, I need that. So it wasn't really so much a problem for me. And then, you know, of course, you have people who check in on you by mm -hmm. text and mm -hmm. email and that kind of thing, which is perfect for me. Because then you could respond. Because then I could respond when I'm able to respond. <laughs> I, I cannot stand when people, like, constantly call and it's like, I'm just checking up on you. Like, how do you think I'm feeling? What do you think I'm feeling in this uh, What do you think has changed since the last thing <laughs> it's, that you discussed I, with I, me? I, I, don't really, I don't really like being forced to interact with people in mm -hmm. those moments. And That uh, means you don't like phone calls. No, I don't. Why are we so similar? <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't like phone calls at all. No, I prefer I prefer you send me a message and when I'm in the right Headspace, mind space, yeah. um, I'll respond. Me too. Uh, I don't like when people just call you out of the blue. Like it just shifts everything. It, <laughs> but, it messes things yeah, up. Yeah, but me. I mean, you have to deal with it. You, so do, you answer. You do. And, and you'll be cordial and you'll be nice and some. Yeah. Really and truly, like you really could have sent me a text message. And, yeah, but I know some. I I I I I actually work with someone who loves to call. Oh, wow. And it's something that we've kind of had to try to balance because I think she senses it makes me uncomfortable. So mm -hmm. she, you know, she would call and she would say, just quickly, da -da 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 -da. okay, see you, bye. Okay. All right. So you've satisfied your, your need compulsion. To call <laughs> your compulsion. And you've at least tried to um, assuage me by making it very short. Make it brief. <laughs> yes. Make it brief. I'm not here for 30 minutes. I have yeah, other things so to do. So we could, we could, we could. We could mesh well okay. with that. We could compromise. We could yeah. compromise. A short call. Yeah. Literally three seconds to five seconds. But she's generally some. A thought comes to her six o'clock in the morning. She's calling you six o'clock in the morning. Oh like, my God. can this wait till we get to work? No, I can't. <laughs> you know? Because the main inspiration <laughs> doesn't wait for work. No, but you know, that's just how some people are. It comes to their mind, they have to get it out. And, mm. you know, trying to find, find that balance. I mean, it's it's. It's just something you just have to do. So, um, but what's important in the situation of losing a baby is you have to consider the person. It's not about what you think. Mm -hmm. You, I don't care if you wouldn't mind if people came by your house. It's what does she want or what does the couple want, mm -hmm. um, so that you you don't you don't invade the space because this is such a raw emotional time. Nobody can't, we can't, we can't cater to your feelings right now. Correct, 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 yeah. Because that's really why it is because, you know, some people come with questions and they want to yeah. know what happened. And then the here you are telling this story yeah. 60 million times in one week because people, what happened? What happened? What happened? So uh, you just need to give people their space, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, and even ask them. Ask them what they want. Yeah. Um, can I ask you about it? No. Don't just come out and ask. 
you know, can I, can I you, didn't ask do, before this, in, this thing started. <laughs> no, I was saying, can you, do you, do you feel like talking about what happened? No. Sh- shut down the conversation. That's it. So you watched Game of Thrones last night? I did. It was awesome. <laughs> no, just, it wasn't. Just, just shift. They have just, a new one coming out, Jan. You gotta get on board. I'm not. And I'm, you're not, I'm you're not, telling you, you, it's not going to happen. Guys, she doesn't like Game of Thrones. I don't understand. <laughs> it's not I don't understand that happen. these people exist. These people exist, guys. They walk among us yeah. as, as, as humans. But I mean, how do you how do you reconcile? Because you're talking about it now, and I'm guessing I'm guessing now that you have a book out. You're you're probably revisiting this often. I mean, how mm-hmm. how do you how do you, is it is it still as painful? Is it is it that you've compartmentalized and said, hey, look, this is really about helping people, so I'm gonna push myself. I mean, how do you how do you deal with it? It's it's still painful. However, I think And I realize you are coiled up in like a ball. No, this is this is comfortable, I guess. Um what is what I've done is I've tried to make my son's life more pleasant. Mm. The memory more pleasant. Mm. So I'm trying to do things that overshadow the traumatic parts of it. Uh, and I've done that with the help of a therapist. I, I enlisted a therapist early Earlier. because I was really afraid that something was going to go wrong with me. I was mm-hmm. really, really afraid. So one of the things that she has helped me to do is reframe the way that I think about the loss. Oh. So I don't think about... You know, of course I lost my son, but then I start thinking about things like my son is with my father, mm. who is in heaven, and they tore them up there singing Calypso. One hundred percent. You know, they're, they're, they're yeah. going they're going to the beaches in heaven and they're doing stuff, and mm. um, so my father is taking care of my son. So it's not like. I just think about, oh my God, I went through this. I, I don't like thinking about the actual moments that mm. it happened because um, that is very traumatic. But then I, I tried, like I said, try to overshadow um, all the, the trauma with, with pleasant thoughts, mm-hmm. accepting that this has happened. It has happened. I can't change it. So what I have to try and do is to reframe the way I think, think about, about it, it so that it doesn't debilitate me and stop me from living. So I think it's, it, that's what I've been able to do. And it's also why I am very hell-bent on, I don't like that phrase, I'm very adamant, <laughs> when you have, not bent to hell. Um, don't bend hell. Yeah, I'm very adamant that the book has to be launched on the 23rd of November, which is the anniversary of the whole miscarriage. Because I want, I don't want the day to be associated with trauma. So if going forward, the twenty third of when the twenty third of November comes up, mm-hmm. I can think about my my son. But my son made me an author. Oh, okay. And this is when everything was launched, and this is when it went officially out into the public. Mm-hmm. So the twenty third of November becomes a day where I grew. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's. It's really important to me and why 
it's easier for me to talk about it because a lot of, I've done a few interviews so far and people are like, oh, you could talk about this thing and it just happened because mm-hmm. a, a year hasn't passed yet. A year hasn't yet. passed, yeah. Uh, but I just, I, I, I have to attach uh, my, myself to the, to the growth, mm-hmm. to the awareness, uh, to the acceptance rather than the grief and the loss and the trauma. I have a I have an intimate question to ask you. And again, I you, like intimate questions. You don't have to answer, but I feel like you will because you're Jihan Williams and you, <laughs> you're, you're fearless when it comes to that. Um, like, has how has this this changed um, your relationship? Because I'm, I'm I'm guessing before the relationship would have gone through multiple stages and phases. Mm-hmm. So you, you're talking about the joy of you know the the possibility of having a son and you know the going through that whole the pregnancy and all of that and the, mm-hmm. you know the joy that would come with that of the expectation you know having that you know having things gone the way they, they went how has that really changed uh, um, your relationship he talks more oh he does yeah um, I would think it would be the opposite no I, I think actually it would... was the opposite in the uh-huh. beginning I clammed up mm-hmm. So he would often start conversations and then I just bawl and then it's like, okay, let's not have this conversation. But he started sharing more about how, how he feels about things. And then I recognized, okay, I have to share more as well. Mm-hmm. So we've actually started sharing more of our thoughts and not just in, in relation of, to this, mm-hmm. but in terms of everything else. Because when something like this happens in a relationship, I think the couple has to ask some very hard questions and you can't run away from them. So you have a conversation of what if we don't get pregnant? What's going to happen to us? Mm -hmm. Um, He has a son already. I don't have a child. So... Would I be content to be a stepmother for the rest of my life? The good stepmother, not the yes. Not the but so then you have, you have to you have, have these kind of conversations, mm-hmm. and um, some of them have been very hard. Some, some not so bad. But you realize that in order to grow and to move forward, you cannot waste any time trying to hide how you feel. Are let's not let's like what we doing? What yeah, like yeah, what yeah, are yeah. we? That's what are we doing? doing? Yeah, you know. And I think that the the whole experience spurred that in your face. Let's talk about this now, because I'm 38. It's not like I have the hugest window uh-huh. to be wondering, you know, if this is going to happen. How long am I willing to to wait? Mm-hmm. Because you know, we had a conversation earlier. I might not be the problem. Mm. So how long am I willing to stay in the relationship if it's not working out with you, this thing? Oh, snap. So, so Yeah, that, so it's, that is rough. Imagine you get kicked, you get sidelined. You're like, hey, sorry, bro. I thought you could bat, but... Maybe yeah. not bad. You say, when you say it like that, it sounds very crude. It sounds it sounds <laughs> but, it sounds cool for intention's sake. I, yeah, I'm trying to be funny, but, but yeah. 
it's a serious question. You, you need to have these kind of conversations, mm-hmm. and because it affects relationships as well. So, I'm grateful that we've been able to be open with each other mm-hmm. and have these discussions. Of course, some of these discussions are still kind of up in the air and pending. Uh, but you at least know where the other person stands with you know certain things how do I feel but then I mean I mean and, and you say it's still pending so which means that you guys are still working on certain facets of those those because those are concerns there's a really serious valid concerns it's like <laughs> yeah yo listen I love you but I am on a timeline here and this is what I want I mean I guess I don't know I guess I'm not at the point you, yet you, you know you, you you don't know where you like it's I not like I have a position on the on the issue it's not like I'm saying hey you got 6 months and if this ain't happening I then god bust. um but just letting you know that this is where the my these kind of thoughts cross happen, my mind yeah. um you know and I have to think about it I have to think about it am I satisfied being a stepmother or do I try with somebody else do we try um in vitro or you know something, fertility yeah. treatments or something like that who is going to pay for it how are we going to share the expenses in relation to that you know there's some big it's some big questions heavy yeah. questions that you you have to you have to oh, ask man <laughs> the thing is it's not, I, it's not for the week <laughs> I, i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you i i am nowhere i feel like i'm nowhere near ready a conversation like that because but I'm hearing you talk. Is? I, I, that's the truth. Like you know, one time I talked to my dad and he was like, I was like, I asked him like, how did you know that you were ready, you know, to have a to have a kid? You know, because I mean, you know, he he was married. He, he got married to my mom, and I'm the first child that we know about. I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm the first child. And I asked him a simple question like, like, how did you know? Yo, you know, I'm ready to to be a father, and he just he says, "No, I didn't. I didn't know. I mean, it just just kind of happened, you know." <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, you know, when I count from the months that you guys are married, then I could see the nine months that it took. So I know you were you had a happy wedding night. I could tell. <laughs> um, but again, the conversation of having children is is a little bit different now because we we. I don't know if it's just me, but I, I, I'm happy that I've, I've waited a while before I, you know, would even mm. try to entertain like having a kid. I, I, I don't think I would have been ready at 25 at all. And that's what, that, that was my timeline originally. That by 25, <laughs> I would be married. I would oh, have, wow. I would have three <laughs> children. And by 25? By 25, okay. right? And so this it was is like 12 year old dream. It was a 12 year old <laughs> pipe dream. I don't know why I thought that. When I got to 20, I'm like, ah, oh, let's say 30. And I got to 25, I'm like, let's, let's see how this works first. Because I'm going to try to see if I could actually maintain my own life mm-hmm. before I try to say, let's just take care of three, four kids, right? But I'm getting, I, I think when I'm listening to you talk about, you know, your conversations with, with, with Miguel and stuff, um, I feel like in my heart, like, I, I'm not ready for that conversation right now. And I don't know. I, I think a lot of people say, "Well, but you're gonna be 35. You're not. You're not that far away from Gian." I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I am. I'm pretty yeah. far away but from Gian." <laughs> but it depends on what you see readiness as. True. I don't think I was ready to have this kind of conversation. I didn't even think that this would be a conversation. Conversation, correct. You just think that you want to get pregnant. You were doing things to stop 
to prevent you from Being getting pregnant, pregnant mm-hmm. you stop doing those things. So you think like, ta-da, it's just going to happen. It's <laughs> like show up on the doorstep. Yeah, you, you, we don't talk about infertility. We don't talk about, you know, what is going to happen if, if we get in a relationship and we have children. What is going to happen if we get in a relationship and, and we don't, don't have, have children. children. And yeah. you want children. children. Uh, how are you going to navigate that is that an automatic ending? Is that a deal breaker for you? Um, I I didn't really have answers to those questions, to be honest. I just thought, yeah, I want a child, I'm going to get a child, and we're going to move on. And that's it. Easy peasy, lemon yeah. squeezy. Yeah, but it's not like that. And I think sometimes we try to have life packaged in this neat yeah. box with a with pretty a bow. bow. Yeah. But it's it's not like that. Yeah. It's really not like that because you could be here planning about, you know, children and all these things, and tomorrow you get God forbid you get knocked down, you lose your leg. No, you had to think about. We're talking mobility. about the leg that works toward children. Or are we talking about the legs that <laughs> your foot. Oh, oh God! Well, you see you that's are, oh Lord. still a you little are, suggestive, Jen. You're walking. Um, appendages appendages okay, yes cool, right. <laughs> those your <things>. mobility movers <laughs> yes well even though oh lord no we don't talk about that honestly so yeah yeah but still something could yeah. happen and totally left field correct so you you have no control over life we we like to believe that we do we don't have any kind of control over we don't it. we don't so mm-hmm. I never thought that you know, I thought my first book would have been about poetry. Mm-hmm. And people have always been stressing me about doing a book about poetry, a poetry book. And I'm like, yeah, when I'm ready, kind of thing. But I did, I wrote this book in about three months. Wow. And it, I never thought that I would become somebody who was talking about pregnancy loss and all these things. It, it just, I did not see this direction. I did not plan for this direction. But life is just about handling what comes to you. It, 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 is. it really is. So wanting, you know, your life to be packaged in this pretty bow, box and bow, it's, it's really unrealistic. And I think sometimes we lose out on experiences because we're waiting for this Magic, perfect yeah. box and this... Magic the, the, I, I need my bow to be green not pink or yeah. something like... I mean, box needs to be like seven by four by yeah, eight. Yeah, and it needs to be square versus rectangular mm-hmm. or I don't want it. You just lose... You just lose so much. I'm not saying be careless and... Multiply. Have sex like, with everybody and if one stick, one stick. Overrated. But, or something <laughs> like that. Like, uh-huh. not saying that, but we, we, we guard ourselves so heavily trying to spare ourselves from things that we think are going to hurt us. And We're scared, Jian. We, we're absolutely terrified yeah, but, but, that things are... But we're, we're all scared. That's we're what I'm saying. We're all some, scared. Yeah. We're, we're all scared of something. Um, but I think I've just seen so many situations where people just embrace what happens to them. Mm-hmm. And turn around and enjoying it. True. So it's not always the, th- the thing that we're so afraid of. If it happens, it doesn't mean we're going to get damaged. It's not automatic. You, you actually can shift your outlook and turn it into something positive. Or it just develop into something positive. How many people have children that they never planned for? 
that they swear they never wanted and now they're like the apple of their eye yeah, because this is the jewel of their life ex- exactly they can't they can't even imagine being anything but so i i i try to encourage people around me to to, to be open of course be cautious if there are glaring red flags then don't run in you know we are bulls jan <laughs> we run in on Pay red attention. flags like it's like it's is it's a normal festival time. No, you see these nah, flags, like just, flags. just, just be cautious, but don't be yeah. overly, overly um, cautious. protective yeah. of yourself. Correct. And you have to experience life. Like something, you just have to, you have to take the plunge, you know? Yeah. Because there's a lot, there's a lot on the other side of the fear, you know? There's like mm-hmm. a lot of better person. There's a lot of experience. There's a lot of... And that's totally dependent on how you... you look at it. ...approach your situation. That's, that's it. And, and quite frankly, I think that's been the biggest lesson that I've learned from this miscarriage uh, is the unfettered power of your mind and your ability to shift the way that you think um, and it not be something that's fleeting but you genuinely are working towards thinking about this thing differently and um not if 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 you're sad and you start listening to a lot of sad music you're gonna be sad you're gonna be sadder and yeah. then you're wondering why am i feeling no better man here lonely nothing working out for me but sure. you you're actually encouraging that feeling that yeah. sort of feeling and that thinking yeah, you you don't want to encourage it. You you don't encourage it. So you can't stop the fact that it makes you sad, that it makes you weepy or, or anything like that, but try don't encourage it. And a lot of the ways that we encourage those kind of emotions is just constantly just constantly engaging, engaging it and, them, yeah. and you're gonna find a friend who Bye? who gun yeah you gonna amplify it to gonna amplify yeah. it yeah yeah it, it's like, like a, a, a peasant of pity like it's just this it's pity party person it's just like yeah it's terrible isn't it? it's yeah. bad right yeah and you're gonna call that friend as opposed to the other friend who gonna tell you come on let's go beach or something yeah. let's, let's let's try change get your the mind. atmosphere oh, yeah. yeah let's let's try to get your mind off of that you ain't gonna call a friend because you 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 actually want in a Misery way to loves be company in encourage so i i i think that's something we have to be uh conscious of don't encourage the the bad feeling whatever you some you you're encouraging something no matter what you do you're encouraging something at every single point in your your life every single second every single moment you're encouraging something you're 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 depositing your energy somewhere so just kind of make sure that it's somewhere that you want, want to grow. So I'm not going to try and cry too much. Uh, I mean, I have my moments, but then I tell you, I start thinking about my father and my son singing Calypso or mm-hmm. something like that. And that image makes me smile or laugh or something. And then you start thinking, okay, it happened. He's in good hands. Now I just have to, I have to do what I can to move on. Is it? And I think I've I found like again this this book is man look, okay we gotta plug the book we gotta plug the book <laughs> we gotta plug the book so guys um 
you could find a book on Amazon. You said launch. You said you're going to launch it in... November. In November. I, I'm guessing you're going to launch it here in yes. November? Okay, so it's already available on Amazon. Yes. Um, it's available for Kindle and paperback. Yes. I've, I've actually looked at it. <laughs> right? Um, so guys, check out Lifting. This is Jen Williams. This is her first published book. She's absolutely mm-hmm. amazing. I've, I've had the privilege to read a draft. I'm going to order my copy as well. Lifting the Weight of Miscarriage, Healing Insights on Pregnancy Loss for Sufferers and the People Around Us. Like this book is awesome it is so heartfelt it's honest it's genuine it's one of the most it's non-fiction straight up so she's not writing from somebody else's perspective she's writing from her own perspective and it's really really meaningful especially at this time when i don't feel like these resources are really not at all no it's not it's not prolific enough you know what I mean? Like, I think but there's support you, the, groups. There are statistics that say that one in every four pregnancies don't go full term. That's and 25%. That, and that one in every four women is going to have a miscarriage. So that's 25% of women. Right. And um, you can count the amount of books on what, two hands? There, there are books, but what really another reason that prompted me to write was that everybody was in the US or the UK yeah, or some yeah. faraway part. Uh, but this is talking about Caribbean. Exactly. This is what's mm-hmm. happening here for this us. This is the experience from here. Yes. Not just like, because I mean, sometimes when you go, there's a different experience in other countries, mm-hmm. especially bigger mm-hmm. countries. There's a different experience, especially with the hospital part. There's, right. a, there's a different experience. There's actually a very big difference that I found out was our definition of miscarriage. It's, it's different. It's, yeah. it's different. So, you know, if it's, it's strange. I had, my, I had my loss at 26 weeks. That's six and a half months. Um, and if I was in the U.S. or the U.K., that would be classified as a stillbirth. Wow. Because in the U.K., in the UK if you lose a baby before 24 weeks... Is a miscarriage mm-hmm. in the U.S. is if you lose the baby before twenty weeks, but here in Saint Kitts and Nevis it's twenty eight weeks. So me having lost mine at twenty six, I had a, a miscarriage in Saint Kitts. But if I was in the U.S. or, or the, the UK, UK, it would be a stillbirth. It would, a, it would be a stillbirth. Now, why something like this is important is because of benefits. So by law, if you have a stillbirth. Or you take a you carry a baby to full term, you get maternity benefits, including thirteen weeks statutory leave. But if you have a miscarriage, there's nothing. There's nothing. Mm-mm. There's nothing. So so basically, you're expected to go back to work. I I got three weeks sick leave and had to go back to work. <laughs> Close your mouth. <laughs> Yeah, I got I got three weeks. So you see why even labeling it is is difficult. And I've had people, you know, a friend of mine in Canada was like, "Why do you call it a miscarriage? It's a miscarriage here, mm-hmm. but it might not be a miscarriage where, where you are." But it, it's because of the definition. So you have those kind of situations. Um, another um, really. I call it traumatic experience where that comes into play is um, the remains of the baby. If Mm -hmm. you had a miscarriage, the remains belong to the hospital. 
if you had a stillbirth, stillbirth you have the option the option mm-hmm. of burial burial or it stays with the hospital so i didn't have that i didn't have the I option i remember reading this in the book yeah. yeah and that was i think one of the hardest parts of of the experience for me because I looked at my child looking like a sleeping child. He was formed um, small, Mm -hmm. of course, um, and and skinny, but formed. I saw my forehead. I saw my nose. Um, He was biting his lip the way that I bite my lip sometimes when I'm thinking like really intensely about something. And... uh, I'm just thinking like this looks like this child looks like me it's so much of a baby that I could say that he looks like me and everybody who came in and saw him said the same thing and then here comes the hospital telling me that because I wasn't pregnant for 10 more days that you can they have to take the remains and the baby's body is going to be burned in the incinerator with hospital waste how do you tell somebody that? Why not leave out the waste part? You know, like, you, like just because, uh, because, of course, I'm th- I asked the question as, you know, how are we going to arrange funeral and all of these things? Because I had some experience with that because my father died 2018. And, you know, the, I, I recognize what happens. Mm. You know, you have to call a funeral home. Yeah, and you, you have, have to, to make arrangements almost immediately, which right. is unfair to me, but... Yeah, but I I guess because of the situation, you can't really do much to avoid it. Mm. So I'm think I've already I already started thinking like okay, but let's just call the same funeral home that we dealt with with daddy, and we could figure out they'll guide us accordingly. No, it's like no, no. I mean, they didn't say crass, yeah, yeah, crass way, but it was unfortunately Miss Williams um, because you didn't make it to. 28 weeks we can't hand over the remains and I think that is the most heartless and crude and unnecessary policy yeah. that you could think of because it doesn't take anything away from the hospital to give people the option yeah true it doesn't it doesn't just just give people the, it, it doesn't take a thing away just give me the option to choose what happens to my child's remains that's that's it this this but everything is that that whole 28 week wall mm-hmm. and if you didn't make it over then it's, it's like hospital. it didn't count it didn't yeah yeah, yeah it's unfair. It's, it's, it's unfair. It, it feels like it didn't it didn't really count so um that's one of the things that i do plan to advocate for like a change in policy just just give people the option, option yeah that, some people it. might choose to say it's fine. You, the hospital could, you know. Yeah. But yeah. some people would say, no, I want, I want. Yeah, and I, that I closure. want, I, I want that. I, you know, I wanted that, and I because I was thinking to myself, you know, at least there'll be a place where you could go and do a little visit. memorial or mm-hmm. something, so that you know, you it it can you continue to have something that you can physically see, see mm-hmm. that, that represents. represents the child so that's what i would have wanted but you know in the moment 
you can't fight. No, you, you don't have the... You, you can't fight in the moment. and um, It's already too much already. Yeah, it, 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 it is. And, mm. you know, I've had people... I was on a show and somebody called in and was like, why your partner didn't fight? Why you didn't fight? It's only a policy. And it's like, sir, you have no idea what is you going through your don't. mind in that moment. I mean, I consider myself to be a fighter. I I think I I've even thought to myself that maybe if if it was one of my friends I would have yes fight. of course you had the energy. but then at the same time you're thinking well I don't want to you don't want to overstep, overstep. Mm-hmm. or you know you let them have their moments so you still wouldn't fight but it for me going through it that 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 energy to argue with people and call this person and. No. Yeah, and track down who has this say. Yeah. It's, he ain't had it. You but did, did did Miguel get any chance to you know, I mean you said that you went back to work in in, in three weeks you had sick leave, but did he get any time He stayed home for two days. Two days, Jesus. There's nothing. There there's nothing for men because in the absence of physical pain they don't acknowledge any psychological or emotional trauma no and even if you want to say bereavement leave i'm 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 almost certain that that wouldn't come into play because we didn't meet the same 28 week mark yeah they would say you did not have so there's no benefit right you had a miscarriage that is sick to me Mm-hmm. That is sick to me. Like it's so, as you say, you say, use the word crude, but it, it feels heartless. You yeah, know? it it's it's clinical. Yeah, it is. It's clinical. Okay, twenty eight weeks. Anything less than that doesn't count. That's what it feels like. Um, and clinical is not human. Yeah, it's it's totally void of any consideration of the human experience. And that has that has been a, a really painful part to to think of. Two days, Jesus, peace. But and that was his choice. It's not like he, he got had, two days. No, he just took he off. He just took off two, two days. days. Just said, look, I'm gonna be sick for the next two days. Yeah, because you know you could get two, two days, days without, yeah, without right. a paper. Mm-hmm. But then, man, that that is hard. So then, what what, what what does he do? Like, I mean, you're expecting him to do what? Come out and work. Um, as a full, fully participant employee, yeah, and he lost his child two but days this is, ago. But this is, is, is it, it's bigger than miscarriage and losing a baby. You know, this is this is just general trauma, where we don't really have space to accommodate yeah. to to accommodate that people have very traumatic experiences in their life, and sometimes we just need a break from work. No. You know, everyone, some people might say, well, that's what your vacation days for. But I, I believe vacation, your vacation days are for your rest. Uh, and so you should try and find, there should be spaces. I think that's mm-hmm. why a lot of people have bereavement leave or personal days or something like that. Where, okay, you don't have to explain what happened, but. I'm going to need a couple You know a that few I'm days. going to yeah, I'm going to need a, a few days and I'm not going to have to be required to bring a medical certificate, certificate or something yeah. like that. Because then it, it puts a paywall, it puts a paywall to on on it. If if you think about if you think about it like economically. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course there's a whole 
there's a whole psychological component to this. That I'm not, not even commenting on in this, in this regard, but if I have to go to a doctor, okay, let's put, let me, let me, let me set up this context better. I am in a difficult financial position. Mm-hmm. I need some time off of work for any reason whatsoever. Trauma, trauma, psychological, my child sick, whatever. Mm-hmm. I have to go to a doctor, which has a paywall to it, which means I have to put myself under some level of financial stress mm-hmm. to get time off from a job to go and deal with something. And it, and it also suggests that the only reason why you could qualify for time off is if, off you're, sick. Is if you're physically sick. Correct, correct. Because the doctor might not it. tell you take time off because I don't know if psychiatrist I don't know if 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 psychiatrist or psychologist could sign a sign a sick leave I have no idea I've I've never explored that but um I I think it says I think at least in the civil service I think it says a medical practitioner I don't know but isn't isn't a psychologist a medical I don't know how broad the definition of 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 medical is if it's just physical yeah, I don't know how broad the definition would be. So, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's something to consider. It is. Gian, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm going <laughs> to give you the chance. Again, we have to plug this book. We have yes. to plug this book. So, Gian, just give us, some, give us some details. How do we get the book? So, um, the book is on Amazon, like you said, on all of the Amazon markets. So, we, once there is a Amazon Canada, Dutch, Italy, Spain, wherever you are, you can find it um, available on Kindle and paperback. Um, In St. Kitts and Nevis, I'm going to have copies and I'm going to try and see if I can get some vendors to carry it so that people don't have to necessarily communicate with me. But uh, I know some people said they want it's signed. Yes. <laughs> I was just here thinking yes, like they want it signed and they me. want um their they want to have it immediately. So they don't want to order and have to wait a couple of days and they like to feel the leaves, as somebody said to me feel um, the yesterday. Leaves. She wants to feel the leaves. So I would want to really encourage persons to think about getting the book. Mm-hmm. It helps you figure out what to say, what to do. goes as far as, for example, to give you sample text messages of what to say. Um, It gives you tips on how you could interact with people. And, of course, if you are someone who has experienced a pregnancy loss, there is a whole chapter dedicated to, you know, things that might help you heal, different things that I did Bear in mind, this is just my experience. I'm not an expert, but I'm just telling you what I did. And hopefully it's something that could resonate with with, with people as well. Um, yes, I did not forget the fathers. I think fathers have been forgotten from this Neglected. discussion. Uh, yes, Anna, I think that I would love to hear more male perspectives on this topic so mm-hmm. that we can have a greater appreciation of what men feel in, in these sorts of situations. And that is exactly why I gave you the book to read before to I published it, because I wanted it male perspectives. At one um, point. <laughs> I wanted male perspectives to make sure that men would find it relevant. And it resonate, um, yeah. And the men have responded very well. I did the same with a doctor. 
I did it with a politician. What? I did it the with... Gamut. I did it with women who have experienced miscarriages. I did it with women who have not experienced Miscarriage. miscarriages. And um, so far, the response has been really, really positive. And um, the book is good. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing that doctors are recommending it for patients. What? Are, yeah, I have um, someone... Um, sent me a, a message on Instagram telling me that you know she's in Barbados and her doctor recommended the book because she just had a miscarriage and she was reaching out to me. So, Jihan, look at you, <laughs> worldwide Williams. In I, I claim it. I claim it in Jesus' in name. It Jesus will be name. large. It will be. It's it's gonna be. Yes. It's, it's gonna be huge. Yeah, because be I think there it, it's certainly there is a gap. And um, we need to have this kind of conversation where nobody, I'm not talking down to anybody. No. I'm, I'm pretty open and mm -hmm. candid so much that it makes me uncomfortable. But, um, and it makes the people around me uncomfortable as well. But um, Just I think it's, 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 it's necessary. It's necessary, yeah, it is. And um, the openness is necessary. Yeah, too. It's, it's so that you, and, and it's resonating with people differently. Even the pieces where I'm super candid about, you know, not wanting to get pregnant when I was earlier because um, academics, yeah. like I, I, I put that to, first. yeah, I put academics first and my profession first and, you know, I've had people reach out to me and said, like, this is exactly, exactly what is happening to me. I did this and now I'm ready to have a child. I can't. I am yeah. having difficulties and I never paid attention to my body and I never did this and I should have I done that and a lot of those experiences. So it's relevant uh, and it's resonating and I'm very happy about that. So I'm hoping more people get it and um, it helps people as well. I, I think it would most certainly help people. So guys, <laughs> again, picked up Lifting the Weight of Miscarriage, uh, Healing Insights on Pregnancy Loss for Sufferers and the People Around Us by Gian A. Williams. Guys, check it out on Amazon. As she said, they're gonna have, there's going to be some prints in yeah. in St. Kitts and I am definitely, I'm not saying to rush, but I'm, I want a signed copy. <laughs> From Miss Williams. No problem. Um, and and the launch, it's going to be publicly launched on the 23rd of November. 23rd of November. 6 p.m. at the Antioch Baptist Church. What? Yes. It's an event. <laughs> it, is an, it is an event. And that's where um, persons can come and buy the book and have them signed. <gasps> and of yeah. course, you know, and that don't really do things normal. I'm not going to have the regular book launch where you sit down with the author and just talk about the book. There's, there's going to be a bit more. What? <laughs> a bit more. Jen! Okay, so, yeah, it's, it sounds like a story. Yeah, it's 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 uh -huh. it's and like I said, remember my emphasis is I need the twenty third of November to, to be, be joyous. Of course, it's got to be something. Yes, yeah, so it's going to be educational. It's going to be entertaining. It's going to be a good afternoon. I think a good evening. I think and come out and buy the book. Of course. And, yeah. Oh my God. It's <laughs> the 23rd. Okay. 23rd of November. So put it on your calendar. You're on my invitation list anyway. I so. really need to be. Otherwise, I would have to um, store away in somebody's backpack and 
jump out at the last no, minute. Here gonna I am. Be, it's going to be open to the public. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, um, I have the support of, of Pastor Connor from Antioch Baptist Church. Lovely. So um, we'll have adequate space to accommodate, to accommodate people. people. I so. got you. I'll be there. I'll yeah. be there with bells. Yeah. All right, so guys, so Gian, thank you so much for being on the show. Again, this is the second time Gian has been on the show. And the, second, <laughs> the first time was awesome, second time equally awesome. Um, Gian, thanks so much for being on. No problem. My name is Stephen Smith. Guys, you've been listening to Objectively Incorrect as usual. Peace. No gang signs, guys. Thanks a lot.